Super Duty Tough Work. Early morning edition. Yeah. As technical per usual. difficulties, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little technical difficulties because the logic was on time. So you know something had to go wrong if this <laughs> man was on time for the, for the <laughs> early morning edition. Yeah. And, uh, but we got them uh, fixed. It's first thing in the morning. We wasn't here last week, but we back this week. You know, your friendly neighborhood podcast. Super duty tough work with Blueprint and Illogic. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know, doing uh this uh promotion I got at work, man. They uh what I tell you about them jobs, man. Man, hey, you know, they more money, more more responsibility, man. They get you, man. You must have been showing too much fucking promise up in there, man. Yeah, man. I only been here a year and I'm already like leading people and training people and stuff. See, see. That ambition, man. What I tell you, man, go up in there and do the minimum. Minimum, was, man. I thought we too, agreed. It was too late. It was too late. You it just, was too late. Man, you got to turn that shit down, dude. I, I successfully turned down every offer to work on weekends. That's so great. New job. I had two. Like, this, this would have been my second one. Like, they hit me last Friday. Like, hey, uh, can you work weekends? And I was thinking to myself, my instinct was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Can you work Saturday? I was like, but my hell, my hand was like this. <laughs> Not respond to that shit. <laughs> just wait. I was like, just wait. Mm-hmm. And so I waited. I was like, just wait two hours. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking like, wait a minute, man. Like, this is kind of like a slow season. And so everybody ain't getting the most, you know, money that they would, hours that they would. So I was like, wait a minute. If people ain't getting hours, if I just wait, somebody else going to snatch this Saturday shift up. Right. I waited like two hours and hit him back like, hey, if it's not too late, let me know if that weekend's is. That's why I was already snatched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> that way you don't appear like you don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? You see you why the, I did it that way. Play the game a little bit. I see you. <laughs> hey, if it's not too late, it's fucking four hours later. No, right, somebody right. snatched that shit up. Then yeah, they asked that, me yesterday. Yeah, that way, if you if you do for some reason want to work a weekend later, you know, down the road, you, you might still have that off. I see what you do. You see it. I see it. You see it. You know. <laughs> Just late on the response, not unwilling. See, you, know? you, you see it. You know yeah. how we do. You know what I mean? I was busy. Right. I didn't see the shit come across. The, 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 you know what I mean? I just see this. I was working. Right. Man, if I'd have just seen it earlier. Mm-hmm. I'd have been your guy. Right, right. Well, you know, since I didn't see it till four hours later. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I uh-huh. couldn't, you know. And then this this week, they asked me yesterday, I was like, sorry, I got a prior commitment. Mm. That's two. You know, I'm so proud of myself, man, because I'm the, the most overachieving employee ever, man. Motherfuckers be loving me. And yeah. I be hating it. In the end, it's like, why am I working every Saturday? You know, so I ain't worked a weekend in like three weeks when I was. Yeah, you didn't got a taste. You didn't got a taste now. You like you got a taste back, like, mm, nah, I'm good. Getting home think... before five every day. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> I feel like I'm stealing their money in this new job. <laughs> I feel like I'm robbing these people without a mask on. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like they down... <laughs> This is the easiest job ever, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I just came from working seventy hours a week my first year trucking, you know. 
no uh i work half a sunday every sunday you know i'll be driving sunday nights like six o'clock five o'clock till 11 o'clock sometimes sooner depending on how far it was but that's what you had to do in that account mm-hmm. it was you got paid by the mile this one you get paid hourly man fools be milking the clock at this job so much man they be milking it man like you could you could turn uh, uh six hours of work into nine hours easy oh yeah of course yeah at this yeah. job bro it's too, i'm like i'm looking around like Okay, I see it. My trainer showed me the first day. He didn't come out and say I'm milking the clock. Right. But he was milking the clock. He was taking, he was like, you want to go to scenic, some scenic routes? He was going to like Toledo or some shit. We ain't get on 71 nor 75 nor 70. <laughs> Take the street. <laughs> Took the street to Toledo. The whole way. The Take whole four way. hours. <laughs> Back route. <laughs> four and a half hours. It's, a, it's an hour and a half drive. Right, Take right. That's what we did. <laughs> Dog, this man was like, "Hey, um, he was because he was so used to taking this route. He's like, man, you want to go to the lake? I was like, what you mean go to the lake? <laughs> we at work. We in the middle of work. Relax. He's what, like, nah, he's a lake right up here around this other corner on this other route. You ever been there? I was like, nah. He's like, man, we should go to the lake. Take some, pull over, take some pictures, hang out, <laughs> go fishing and shit." <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. It's my first day. I'm like, nah, man, I don't want to go to the lake, man. I'm thinking like, you're trying to do something wrong, man. Don't get you're me in trouble. you trying to trap me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the lake. Me and this man sitting out at the lake taking pics on the, you know, Instagram and shit. Nah, this man was, he do that every day, man. Wow. He do that every day, man. He be chilling. He know all the, 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 the little landmarks and shit in Ohio, all the tourist mm-hmm. attractions. He be taking them routes every day, driving through all the small towns, man. Wow. He going to get his nine, ten hours a day. <laughs> So you don't have like so with this job you don't have like a set time you gotta be somewhere a little or... bit a little bit not exactly I mean it's real loose it's loose because wow. we only be having one delivery at a time it ain't like you got three stops and you got to be here at eight and there at ten and there at twelve that's what my other job was this right. is like you got you show you got a you got one stop you just and you got to drop something off and it ain't being unloaded so you can drop it off at any time. Every day? You only yeah. have one stop every day? Yeah, pretty much. Two is the most. <laughs> wow. Dog, this That's... is what I'm stealing these people's money. This shit is, is wild. Every day I come home at like four o'clock, like, damn, I just stole more money from these fools. I, I, this is weird. Wow. Can't believe they're paying me for this. Wow. This is the best job ever, man. My music shit about to be on like a motherfucker, man. I've been <laughs> doing music every day from like, I get home at like five o'clock, four o'clock. I get to go to the grocery store after I get off work. I pop back in, come to the house, make some food, come in, come down here, chef up some music, work till about 10, 11, go sleep at 11, wake up 6, 7, go in there, steal some money from them again. Wow. Sounds dope. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. It's weird. It's only my one week. Maybe it gets crazy, but not from what dudes were telling you. When the guy who trains you tells you he's been driving for 40 years and this is the easiest job in trucking, believe him sounds he, like it he wasn't lying this man be going to the lake every day <laughs> that's wild <laughs> wild yeah okay we do got a podcast to run here man. yeah you yeah, know yeah. the long intro because i ain't seen you in a minute right 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 we know how that go okay speaking of jobs we're talking about jobs this week folks mm-hmm. you know this is something that's been on my mind for a while you know uh, in times like these, we all know we in a recession. 
Mm-hmm. You look up every day, you see uh, all these tech companies laying off people. Yeah. When you see people in tech getting laid off, you better be paying attention. Yes. You know what I mean? Because tech has been pretty much bulletproof for the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. You know? And so uh, lots of layoffs coming out there, lots of uh, uncertainty in the job market. And so what I thought about at some point, and something that's popped in my head anyway, about artists, many artists are still wanting to make the leap to become full-time artists. I, I get it. I understand, you know, completely as someone who's done it, Logic has done it. We've both done it full-time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but, you know, along the, the lines of this is that there will probably be occasions where you do have to work. Yes. Um, there will be times when music alone don't pay the bills. And there will be times when maybe you can't make the transition right away, but you want to switch to something less demanding so that you have more freedom to pursue your art and you have a job that is not so like, you know, it's, it's your life. Because we know what those jobs are like. You, know, they're, you don't have hardly no time off to pursue your shit. So this episode, we want to talk about the best jobs for artists. These are jobs that I, I personally think you can have them and still pursue your art fully. Right. You know, you have a good deal of flexibility. Um, Some of them take some skill and things like that, but there's a way to do them. And I've seen people who are artists doing all of these jobs successfully. So in this episode, we want to talk about uh, the best jobs for artists. Uh, We'll take a break and we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous, you heard of us, official podcast murderers, the show comes equipped with few points to share, grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow, so go ahead and download, every single week with a brand new episode, you're not alone in this world cousin, so we share information and honest discussion, and keep repping the culture, like we supposed to, they spread gossip but they never come closer, I can hear it inside their tongue. They talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But super duty tough works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free So take these words home and think them through Super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, we are back, Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, Logic. This week we're talking about the best jobs for artists. We're going to start off with the number one job for artists this is not necessarily in order but this is the first one and this is one that many many artists have had and still have to this day mm-hmm. and that is record store clerk i did this for a little bit in between tours with see? Um, at, at roots records <laughs> see <clears throat> it, it, it works you know yeah. like many many artists i know have decided like well fuck it i'm in the record store every day i love music I like people. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay me to hang out in a record store all day. And I'm usually in here spending money. Mm-hmm. Now I get to go in here and make some money to hang out for guys like us who make beats, discover new music. Yes. Sampling and whatnot. And you still in the mix. You still know what's going on because the record store in every city is kind of like the hub for musical 
activity. You know, you get people coming in and doing in stores uh, who are on tour. You got uh, when people are promoting events, they're doing uh, there's flyers and promo all, all over the place. So you kind of always know, always know what's going on. Local artists are always in and out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of benefits of it. Obviously, it ain't no big money maker. You ain't gonna make a lot of bread working at a record store. But in terms of if you're an artist and you want a job where you can make some decent money, stay employed, and uh, and still have the time to pursue your craft, record store clerk is not a bad gig. Not at all. And and you know, with them, no most most likely they're gonna know you're an artist. Yeah. So they'll know. Oh, you know, if you tell them, hey, I got a tour coming up in a couple months. You know, I need that time off. Most likely, they'll give you the time off. Like you won't. It's no HR. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to put in for your PTO. You know right. what I mean? Like, you just, yeah. just let them know that you got to get the road for a couple months or a couple weeks. Yeah. And most likely, you can still have that job when you get back. It's true. And they'll be happy to. to and, and, you know, you working there is actually like an attraction. Exactly. I mean, Slug worked in Fifth Element for how long? Yeah, for a minute. Minute, for a minute. You know, yeah. people would know, oh, Slug from Atmosphere works in Fifth Element. He'd be in there on the cash register. And people tell stories about him in there to this day. Mm-hmm. Many, many Rhyme Series artists worked in that in that uh, record store for them. Many employees worked there. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's a known thing. I've never done it, but I always thought like, yeah, this is a solid gig if you're an artist. You know, mm-hmm. hip-hop guys, I know many rock dudes who work in record stores and, uh, you know, uh, it's something to consider. Like, if you don't, if you say, okay, well, I want to do music full time or, or art full time, and you're not seeing all these bit, the financial shit come together really easily, mm-hmm. keep something like that in the tuck, and then I think you'll be, you know, uh, better off for it. That's number one. Number two, best job for artists is show promoter. Easy. Show promoter. Now, the beauty of show promotion is like this. This is the benefits of show promotion. Most artists don't know how to throw a show. Right. They know how to write songs. They know how to perform songs. They know how to get booked for shows. But they don't know how to promote a successful event. Mm -hmm. Whether you are promoting your own events or for other people, throwing shows is a good way to make bread. Yeah. I've done it. Uh, it was one of the things I learned from throwing uh, shows for us for Waitlist. All those years, we would throw our release parties and our shows, and I would promote them and put together a team to help promote those. And then eventually, people started coming to us who wasn't us. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm in town. I know you guys do events there. Would you be interested in booking this tour? And I wasn't like a full-time person at it, but if I felt it was something we could do and maybe put one of our artists on, we'd book yeah. the show. Make a little money. Make a little money on the side. You know, I spend that, pay a bill or two. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And there's big shows. We did regular smaller shows like a Cafe Bourbon Street stuff. And then we did bigger shows like Scully's, which is 500, 700, New Year's Eve release parties. That, that we did that range of stuff. And uh, it was good because it helped me stay in the mix. Right. When you promote shows, you understand the mechanics of how a show is successful, but more importantly, you understand how shows fail due to lack of promotion. Right. And you also know who brings heads in the room, you know, especially when you're dealing with local acts as a promoter, mm-hmm. you see, you see that. And then as an artist, you can see like, Oh, I can get him to open for me. He brings people, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that you can see those kind of things and see what the scene, you know, the pulse of the scene is. Yeah. And, and as you're promoting shows, you are building relationships in the city. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I know a lot of people in the city just as an artist, but I know a lot of people in the venues as a show promoter. Yeah. Like I've worked with them and got money with them before and done events and brung things to them. And, and you know, venues we play for the first time sometimes where I still have those relationships. And so those still matter. And I think that as an artist, you don't always have to be on the stage to be making money. Right. You know, learn how a show is, is put together. Learn how to, like you say, choose who has a draw. It ain't got to be always about you. Learn to see the opportunity you're seeing. Well, you know what? We don't have this kind of show. And we don't have that kind of show. Maybe, maybe we, we, I should be focused on this kind of event or that kind of event. And then maybe you start doing that shit. And maybe you don't have, you ain't doing shows every week. Maybe right. once a month. Once every quarter, you have a nice, good, solid show. Pay some bills with that. Keep it pushing. But more importantly, you learn the business and the organizational skills behind how shows work, yeah. which serves you extremely well as an artist, because most artists, because they don't know, they either go out here and expect way too little, play for free all the time, never make no money, or they do the opposite, which is because they don't know. They start asking for something that's not even possible. Right, right. They overpriced themselves because they don't know how shows make money. Hey, I want you to play this this room with fucking 50 people, 50 people cap. Oh, yeah, I'll need $3,000. <laughs> what? We got to charge everybody $100 to make that. Mm. You know what I mean? Sorry, man, we can't book you. You know what I mean? But if you don't understand the math, you'll make those mistakes. And so I think show promoter is a good one. It ain't something that's, it, I guess it's more like a side hustle, but we know guys who've had, who've done a full-time job, you know, yeah. full-time. I think uh schoolboy was what in it or some shit like that. And he was still throwing shows every week or two, you know yeah. what I mean? From Columbus, shout out to schoolboy, shout out to Grant Gatsby. These are guys I know that have been doing it a long time. And sometimes it's their full-time thing. Sometimes I got other things going on, but, um, you know, as an artist, I know many artists who throw shows and do shit like that. You know, uh, One Below used to throw a lot of shows in Ann Arbor, booked yeah. us for a lot of events up there as well. You know, and uh, so that's number two, show promoter. Number three, best job for artist is merch person. Yes. Merch person. One thing about merch people, I think this is one of the most slept on things on this list. Mm-hmm. I think artists don't really understand that when you go to these big concerts, when you go to, to, you know what I'm saying? When it's not your people, they have people who specifically are in charge of the merch there. Yeah. Their yeah. job loading, is to sit at the, unloading, loading, unloading, selling, counting yeah. in, counting out, paying out percentages, paying the artists whose merch you sold. You know what I mean? Like it's pricing things, uh, accepting payment. Like all of this stuff is, is part of it. And it's not something that is very obvious when you go to shows. You can go to shows for a long time and never notice the merch people there. Mm -hmm. Shit just over there moving because it ain't the artist selling it most of the time. Right. And But what I, I also know is that there are people who there have been people on many tours I've done who all they did was merch. Yeah. Like they went out and did merch for Grease. And then she got, since she worked with Grease, then she got hired to do merch with Grease and Atmosphere. Then because they did it with Greaves and Atmosphere, then they went on to do it for, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like my guy Doug, uh, he he was doing shit for like Kid Cuddy. He mm -hmm. was, I started with Atmosphere, and I think he was doing stuff with Cuddy or some shit like that. Like he, he that's all he does now. He started just doing merch for them, you know? 
but it's it's something you can do. It's it's a job. Yeah, a job. You get to be around music all the time. You travel with the artists. You don't pay nothing to be there. Mm-hmm. You get paid a percentage of sales typically, and, and since you get paid a percentage, the better it does, the more you make. Right, right. It's, you know, so it's not like you. I'm gonna pay you a hundred dollars a day to do merch. At the lower levels, it might be like that. Yeah. But once you get to bigger acts and that you show that you can do it really well, there's not a lot of good merch people out there. Nah. And so because there's not, if you become really good at it, you can have a nice income thing. And then you're not working every day, typically. Yeah. Yeah. You do a tour. You come home with a pretty nice stack of loot. Yeah. You know, and then chill to the next one. You chill know? to the next one. You got three months off, four months off, two, whatever, <clears throat> you know. And so guys are out there doing that. And I think that's a great job. And if you're looking for flexibility, like you're saying, yeah, you do a tour and you come home, you're chilling. You can do that. Use that time to do whatever in between the tours, you know, work on your art, work on your business, what have you go back to school, whatever. It doesn't matter, but it has a lot of flexibility. And I think it's a good job for a lot of artists. Um, If you're locally, how do you get into it? I would say start going to shows for people that you enjoy and, and see and see what's going on with their merch. If you don't see them selling merch, say, hey, man, you need somebody to help sell your merch. I'll come set up for whatever yeah. X percent, you know, or work something out, you know, or just do it for free so you can learn it. Mm-hmm. And then once you learn it, then you can say, hey, you know, uh, would you feel comfortable paying me X dollars a night or X percent? That's what I would do. Yeah. You know, but merch person is a good job. OK, number four. Best job for artists. Screen printing. Screen printing. I got homies who do this. Swam did this for a while. Shout out to my bro Cesar. Me and him was just talking about this. He got a side job doing this. Print shops are typically ran and screen printing. We're talking about printing of apparel, merch, t-shirts, and everything else. What you'll find when you start working for print shops is that pretty much all the people work there is like artists and in bands and shit. Yeah. or run labels run labels yeah yeah like it's a bunch of creative people working in these print shops Mm -hmm. and because they started out a lot of them started out in bands Mm -hmm. you know running labels and then they started printing so much merch they were like yo i'm gonna learn how to screen print Mm -hmm. shout out to buku you know buku he's got a screen printing thing screen press so it's like you learn how to screen print and then eventually you start doing it yourself and eventually becomes a business and who are you going to be hiring people like yeah. you exactly <laughs> yeah like shout out uh print remedy cleveland yep yep you yep know? doc yeah like he i think he because he's he's a producer you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. he raps and he has a label and his screen printing is like his main business now yeah like he started out just doing it for you know local cats there in cleveland and for his crew and stuff and now like he's done stuff for i i, I don't know how many people i've referred to him yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's done stuff for cats all over the country. You know yeah. what I mean? And he does it pretty regularly. He does yeah. posters, stickers, shirts, all kinds yep. of stuff. CD inserts. Yeah, all I've of I've hit him up for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shout out to Doc. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to Doc Remedy. Yeah, that's our guy. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a viable thing. And you don't even have to do it at the level he does it. But guys like him mm-hmm. are willing to hire you. And allow you to have the flexible schedule. It ain't going to be no no nights. It ain't going to be no crazy weekends unless you got something crazy going on. And it, and it can give you a reliable paycheck to help them do what they're doing. Yeah. And when it's time, like you said, maybe you want to go for, on tour. Maybe you want to go out and play some 
a week with somebody, you're going to have a job when you get back. Yeah. They're not going to fire you because they understand the business. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's screen printing. Uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you as a listener or watcher of this podcast need to absolutely own. The first is the 10 traits of successful hip hop artists. And the second is the social media cheat code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 traits of successful hip hop artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. Super Duty Tough Work. We're back. Blueprint. The Logic. The most infamous podcast on planet Earth. This week we're talking about the best jobs for artists. If you're an artist and you've been thinking about quitting your really demanding job, and you're looking for a job that may allow you to uh, explore the opportunity of being an artist with having less work demand, um, which is something I think you should do. I don't... I. I'm granted, I just went straight in, but I was releasing music, you know what I mean? And a lot of my stuff was cracking, but I think some people, you might not want to die fully in. Maybe you want to put one foot in, one foot out, get a job that's less demanding, start putting more time towards the scene. If it's there, these jobs should hit you perfectly. Number five, best job for artists, college or community radio. Yes. We got a gang of friends who are artists who, uh, do this. Mm -hmm. They they put out art. They might run a label, but they still also have a a, a daytime show or like a a radio show on college or community radio. The benefits are this: one, you get paid. Two, I mean, for community, I don't know about college radio, but you know, two, you're in the mix. You're in the fucking mix. There's jobs working at radio stations, directors, like my college gig. I worked for my radio stations. Uh, it was called the remote crew and the remote crew. All we did was provide sound equipment for live events around campus. When I was a freshman, this dude, the first dude I saw with turntables was like, yo, you should come join the radio station, get a show. And I'm about to graduate. You love hip hop. You want only guys who are here in hip hop. Like I am. You should, you should apply for my position as remote crew director. He's like, I was like, all right, cool. These fools, that's all we did was bring speakers around, amps, 
set them up for live events around campus. And then if they wanted music, we would DJ for them. Whatever music wanted. I got paid $45 an hour wow. to DJ in college. So you talk about being a broke college student, I, I would charge 45, an hour to set up, hour to break down. And if we DJ for you, that's three, four hours. Mm-hmm. That tell you right there, you multiply that by 45, I was making bread every Saturday. Yeah, at least at least two three hundred dollars a day. <laughs> right, right. When, when, there was no other way I was making that. You know what I mean? Doing nothing else in the one day. You know, mm-hmm. and if I didn't know the music, I would hire somebody who knew that style of music and split the bread with them. Mm-hmm. Man, but there's money in that for people willing to do it. It ain't gonna be as demanding as other jobs. It's kind of like the record store, in that because they know you're an artist when they hire you, they're gonna be more open to you not being there to take time off for art they might support you as well like hey our dj is he's got a show this saturday you know you got a platform to promote your shit as well right you get to learn about what's going on in your community you learn about venues you learn about local businesses you learn about local artists you become you work in radio you know pretty much everything moving and shaking in your city yep and that is invaluable but college community radio i think it's a i think it's a dope gig yeah, definitely. So uh, that's number five. Number six. This is a little different, but we're gonna put it on here anyway. Number six gig, I think, is 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 great for artists. It's an art teacher. Mm. This can be at any level, whether you are teaching musicians, you know, teaching piano, whether you are teaching like regular visual art, uh, whether you're teaching at a co- whatever it is. I think being a teacher puts you in a system that's like reliable. Right. It puts you around a lot of artists who keep you inspired. You get to help people, which helps you feel, you know, uh, fulfilled, enrichment, and you get every summer off. This is so true. Summer's off, Jack. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go on that tour in the summer, you can do it. Right. You want to write that book in the summer, you can do it. Like every every artistic thing you want to do. You could do between, you know, May, end of May and August. Yeah. And you get spring break. You get yeah. like two weeks during Christmas. Like yeah. you get, yeah, you get a nice, nice amount of, uh, of breaks. But something else this could relate to, too, is anybody that plays instruments, like teaching lessons on the side, like as yes. a side hustle. Yes. I know a lot of cats that I know that do play instruments that may teach drums or teach violin if they play. Mm-hmm. Um, and make pretty good money at it too. Like one of my homies, um, he plays viola, and he's in the um, Columbus Symphony or yeah. the Westerville Symphony. And um, but like his main thing is like he he gives lessons, and because yeah. he's a symphonic you know player, like he has that kind of stature yeah. in the community. Like he's pretty well known as far as you know in that community. So he makes pretty good money teaching That's know, dope. on the side at his crib. You know? That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, it's out there. Once you become skilled in, in something like that and you know that you're the type of person who can easily convey those ideas to less experienced people, you got to look into the teaching part of it. You know, there are people who teach things. I mean, hell, production. I've taught people Ableton. Mm-hmm. I've been paid, you know, hey, print, can you I see what you're doing with Ableton. I just got it. Would you be willing to sit down with me and I pay you hourly for Yeah, I'll do it, you know, and and. It's very, very rewarding. You know, I haven't focused on it. Hell, I don't think I've even mentioned it prior to now. Mm-hmm. But it's something that's out there 
and another way to make money if you're an artist uh, when it takes the pressure off. That's number six. Number seven, best jobs for artists. Booking agent. Booking agent. Now, you have to leave your crib. <laughs> Facts. You really don't. Not right now. Not in 2023. You don't. You know, for those, a booking agent is someone who basically has a roster of artists. You know, sometimes they only work with one artist. And they basically handle all of that artist's uh, show booking requests. They handle requests that come in because there's someone tuned with events going on. They also pitch their artists to certain events. Hey, I got my artists here. I think they'd be a good fit for your event. You know, consider them for this. They pitch you for those events. A booking artist helps artists kind of stay making money. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, you can do it from the comfort of your home. Yep. My booking agent is not a full-time booking agent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he does all, every time you look at his Instagram, he in another country. Right. He done been in the Middle East booking tours for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, he loves music. He's a music fan. And, you know, there was a point where my booking agent for Cork, uh, she was in a band. When she stopped, stopped being a booking agent, she did her band full time, mm -hmm. but she was started out as a booking agent. She had a band and then she needed a way to make money. She learned how the business works, did all of that stuff and became a, a dope booking agent. Um, for those who are interested in this, I mean, a booking agents make a percentage of every show that they negotiate. Yes. Um, and so you get paid proportionally to how well the shows pay your artists. Um, you can do this locally. You can you can start out there if you got some homies who you think are dope and but they don't seem like the kind of people who, to want to deal with uh, promoters or, or venues because there are people like that. They just want to be artists. Mm -hmm. If you see that, step in and ask them if you can handle it for. Them. That's how you learn. Eventually, people start coming to you like, hey, man, if all it takes is one of your artists to do well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people start dealing with you. Hey, can you. Would you book me? Would you, I have a just demand and I don't have, I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the, the will to do it. Next thing you know, you, you may still be an artist with artistic dreams, but you can get money doing that anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. When we were, um, you know, coming up and we had, you know, um, Juan was handling a lot of that stuff back then and yep. he got so good at it that other people would come to him trying yep. to get him to book shows for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And it and it just kind of happened that way because we were doing well, and mm -hmm. you know he was able to get us a lot of stuff at least here in the city. Yeah. Um, so and you taught him how to, you know, yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. And like I booked your was it Diabolical Fund? Was that the yeah one? the Diabolical Fund tour? Yeah, that was the yeah. last one I booked for you. That was like thirty days or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just from everything I knew and all my connections, and and it was easier for me to book you than to book me because I'm not emotionally attached to it. Right. Right. I am, right. but I'm like. I got to make sure my man is eating every night. Right. But right. it's not me where I, I be ready to squab with somebody if they <laughs> hit me with a low offer. Like, okay, right, next right. time I see you, it's nah, man. We not. <laughs> it's on, bro. It's, it's on. We not what friends no more. What you mean? What you mean door split? You what? know what I mean? Oh, nah, man. I thought we was friends. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah, don't disrespect me like that. See, it's easier when I'm negotiating for you. Uh, uh. <laughs> I take shit personally instantly. <laughs> you know, but booking agent is a solid gig. You know, you can learn it. You know, there's no quote unquote roadmap other than what I've mentioned here. 
Mm-hmm. And then once you get to a certain size, you know, you can you can transition into other areas, but you will always be in the music industry able to get money there. You can I know people who have booked bands and then went on to start working for venues. Mm-hmm. You know, you book a band, they know you from that. They see you know what you're doing. Venues open up. They need, you know, booking agents who work in their club. You know, they need a right. talent buyer. So yep. they, they hire you to be a talent buyer. Now you got a full time gig. You go in there for a couple hours a day. You fill up their schedule. You get paid every night off of what the shows make. Mm-hmm. You still get to pursue your art. You ain't sitting in no stuffy ass office in a cubicle. You're not working 70, 80 hours a week. Yes. You know what I mean? I think that's the kind of thing that artists need. And I think any of these jobs would help. I hope, I hope we hope somebody's getting something out of this. And that's number seven. Uh, we got three more. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Break. Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past, we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's Super Duty Tough Work at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Yeah. We back. Super Duty. Tough work. This week we're talking about the best jobs for artists. We got seven down, three more to go. And we might hit y'all with a bonus joint. If you're nice, <laughs> if you're nice to us. Number eight, best job for artists. This is one I know very well. Mm-hmm. Videographer. Yes. Videographer. If you are interested in the artist community and you know your way around a camera, meaning you can get quality images, quality video, there is always going to be work for you. Yes. Especially if you're reliable. Yes. My biggest pet peeve and the reason I got serious with the camera is because I was tired of working with people who would shoot for me and either not give me the footage, disappear, or just take forever. Yes. And... There's something dope about somebody that you can hire. Shout out to my brother Mario, you know, visionaire who shows up, does the job and gives you the footage immediately. Mm -hmm. That's what my man does. I don't be sitting around waiting. He shows up. I pay him. It's it's beautiful because so many videographers are terrible at that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I myself. When I'm active with the camera, I'm active with the camera. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily advertise my skills, right. but people around me know. Should I just finish doing something for, for Logic over here? It's my man. Mm-hmm. We got something coming, mm-hmm. you know, a little music video in the tuck. I will be out shortly. But uh, it's something that has helped me 
during times where I might not have even been active as an artist. I'm just chilling. And next thing you know, I look up and bam. Hey, print. I need you to shoot this. Hey, I got somebody in town. They want to hire somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. There's gigs that I can't even take sometimes because I didn't have the time, but they come my way. Yeah. Because of what I do. And I think as a, uh, in this era where you need so much content, playing a content game, having someone who can reliably shoot, edit for you is invaluable. And that's a need that I think a lot of artists can feel. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done it for my cousin. I've done it for, you know, other people just, other people hit me up and just ask me, Hey, can you, um, you know, come, I got this show. Can you come, you know, just guerrilla style? Bring yep. your camera. You know what I'm saying? I pay you, yep. blah, 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 whatever. Sure. You know, like it's it's been a good source of side income for me, you mm-hmm. know, here and there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And you don't the, the beauty about this one is you don't need uh formal education or training with the camera. Nope. One thing I love about videography is that it's kind of like a what can you do kind of mm-hmm. feel. Not where have you went to school? People can tell by instantly looking at your, your, your work, whether you know what you're doing with that camera. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, for any, any, any dude, anybody, give yourself six months to a year with the camera, do some studying, yep. watch some YouTube. Yep. And most likely, if you're serious about it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, by the end of that year, you can shoot some dope shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can develop your eye and you know, really learn how your personal camera works. Yes. You know, and I say six months to a year, you could really be, you know, doing some things with this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I did the same thing. I bought a bunch of books, learned, went around, took pictures for about a year. Mm-hmm. And after taking pictures for a year, I was like, wait a minute, I'm ready to shoot some video. Mm-hmm. And I never really looked back. You know, I think it's something where, you know, if you're into production and a technical side of making music, it will come to you pretty quickly. A lot of the yeah. concepts will, you know, especially if you start with photography, learning the big, you know, the, 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 the main concepts there, shutter the three aperture, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? ISO, you know, you know what I mean? The big three, you you master yeah. the big three, uh-huh. you can't be stopped with the camera. Yep. But yep. if you skip those, you're not going to understand certain concepts and you'll, you'll struggle, but learn those big three and you'll be able to do everything. And it's something you can do while you're making music if you're deep in an artist community, start volunteering yourself to come, like you're saying, come take pictures for people, come get video footage to help people shoot content. Eventually, mm-hmm. you'll become the guy who just goes out and shoots content for other people. Yeah. If somebody said, hey, I want to pay you 50 bucks to cover my event, shoot some video footage for me to use. Uh, you only got to be there in like an hour. Mm-hmm. You okay. do that. You can do three or four of those in one night. Yeah. I'm going to pop over here from 10. What time you play? 10 o'clock. I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Boom. Got another one. Time you play? Oh, 11? Boom, be there at 11. Oh, somebody want to shoot? Oh, you got something on the day? Boom, I'm there at 5 o'clock. They do that during the day. Mm-hmm. Flexible schedule. You get to do whatever fuck you want to do. But that's videographer. And then hand people the content and let them do what they want to do with it. Number nine goes along with number eight. And it's kind of the same thing, but it's a little different. Photographer. Yes. Just as these uh, publications, your weekly paper, these online publications, they hire photographers to go take pictures of people. There will always be a need for photographers at every level to go take pictures, learn how to take press pictures, how to take pictures in concerts and dark environments, you know, go to people's rehearsals. 
you and I are artists. We know that we can never have too many pictures of ourselves to use oh. for our <laughs> campaigns and shit. Never, never. Yeah. I still got photos. I, I still got folders full of pictures that I've used over the years that I still might break out, you know, yeah. here and there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Never have too many photos. Never. You know, so it's like all you have to do, though, is when you understand that, then you can start looking around you and see that there's a need. Mm-hmm. find an artist who know who you are who would rock with you and just start getting your name out there start doing good work and then you'll find pretty soon you'll have a good uh, uh group of people who want to hire you to do all types of events venues will hire you to cover their events yep when you see these people these venues with social media pages lit up with people you know eating their food enjoying their the club they hire photographers to come through yeah. and do that every night so so that you can see it and you say okay they're active. They're doing this. I might go there. They t- take a picture of you with their food and it's on their social media. Somebody got paid to do that. Yeah, I actually, um, this was a few years ago. This was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was at a show and I just happened to have my camera. I was taking pictures and I took a picture of a glass that had the name of this bar on it. The picture was super dope. The glass was full of water and it had the, you know, the condensation on the yeah. outside. It was a really dope <laughs> photo. And I posted it on my um on my Instagram at the time and the bar um, reposted it and they actually hit me up and asked me if I could do more photos for them. And at the time I did some, but they wanted me to like be their photographer. I I didn't have the time for it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But just for one photo, you know what I'm saying? Like I got offered a job at a bar to come in there, you know, two or three times a week and just take photos around and at the time, I just didn't have the time to do it. See, you know, but yeah. so valuable, so yep. valuable. Yeah, that's a good one. And people don't understand that when you ain't got to be a professional. Like you said, you probably have been taking pictures six months to a year at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you but you were focusing primarily on photography, running yep. around with your camera every day, which is exactly what I did the first time. I was like, I'm just going to keep this camera in my hand and walk around and take pictures of everything I fucking see. Until I understand these main big three concepts. And then mm-hmm. once you get those, people start to see your work. Your work gets better and better. You, you have opportunities like that. But it's a great job for an artist. Like you're saying, you can combine that with other stuff and you can get money on the side all day. Combine that with the video. Now you're yep. really cooking. Yep. Number 10. Best job for artists. DJ. If you're an artist, you're automatically probably a music fan. Mm-hmm. You listen to music when you make art, you do all this shit, you hang out with other artists. That means you automatically are up on the pulse of what's going on. Right. You and even and I don't even think it's gotta necessarily be I'm up on the latest pop music. Don't take that to be what I'm saying. I'm saying you understand what good music is. You are a curator and you don't even know it. From the playlists we create as artists to the bands we go see to when people ask us what music we listen to and we post and be like, oh, I wasn't up on that. And they take it seriously. You're a DJ already and you don't even know it. You may not have no equipment, but whatever era you grew up in, if you studied records like us, like all of us producers out here, we know more about music than most motherfuckers ever will know. Mm. We know more random bands, more random fucking groups than anybody will ever know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning that as I get deeper and deeper. I, yeah, I, it's a you lot know, of random shit. That I a lot do. of random shit. But yeah. you break it out, people are like, what's that? That's incredible. Who's that band? That mm-hmm. that thing that we have is worth something. 
like I mentioned in college, I was a producer. I was I, I was DJing, but I got into DJing. I was I said because they had records, and the records was like, yo, these are crazy. But you got these turntables. Learn how to scratch. Learn how to DJ. Oh, we're gonna pay you to come out. Okay, cool. You can have one little pocket of records that you know. Some guys are just funk. Some guys are just 45s. Some guys are just classic hip hop. Some people are just soul records. Some people are just, you know, 80s rock. Whatever, 80s pop. Whatever your lane is, there's a way to make money playing that kind of music out here. Yes. Maybe you only do it after work one or two nights a week. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Maybe you end up doing weekends. You're a guy who fills up your weekends. There's a, maybe you end up becoming a wedding DJ. Yeah. Lot I know of money guys. A lot of money. I know cats who do that. They've been banking, you know, a couple G's every weekend. Mm-hmm. And the beauty about being a wedding DJ is you ain't even got to decide what to play. They give you a list. Yes. They tell you what they want to hear. <laughs> when they want to hear it. When they want to hear the order, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the hardest part of being a DJ is knowing what to play when. Right. You know, they take all that guesswork out. <laughs> yeah. Here's the list. And, Play and they don't need nothing fancy. fancy. You know what I'm saying? You just got to blend. You don't got to do no That's cuts. It. You don't nope. got to do no juggling. Let like, it play all the way out. Yeah, let, let the whole the song, song play. play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you ain't going to get no requests because they told you what they want from Jump. Yeah. Man, look, it's a great job. If you're an artist and you believe you can do it, explore that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's something where you can make money at on the side. And you, or you can do a full time. It can take you yeah. either way. There's high levels of it from DJing and, you know, the, there's always a DJ at a basketball game, at a pro sports game. You know what I mean? Like there's guys who just do that. They have yeah. regular gigs. They get hired to go out and play records at, at fucking state fairs and, and whatever the fuck. It's, it's just random shit that comes to you because you become that guy. Yeah. And these organizations like, need that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I bought a, a DJ controller initially because I wanted to. I really bought it for beat sets, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I could get out and play beat sets and, you know, learning it, you know, I've actually got a gig coming up um, March 31st. I'll be at the Oracle playing beat sets, playing See? beat sets that See? I got hired, you know what I'm saying? That I got hired to do, you know what I mean? Because somebody saw me out playing beats with my little DJ controller was like, oh, yo, I got some, I got some joints. This is like the second gig that he's hit me with the mm-hmm. same person. The first one I couldn't do. He actually wanted me to DJ at a spot. So just the fact that I've been seen with it out and he liked what I was doing when he saw me, you mm-hmm. know, he's offered me two gigs so far. You know Let's what I'm saying? Go. So, you know. Let's fucking go. It's there. You know what I'm saying? Was that March just, 31st? What's the date? March 31st at the Oracle. At the Oracle. Be, Shout yeah. out to the Oracle. Shout out to my brother Bobby Silver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. My guy. But yeah. yeah, go check out Logic playing beats, proving the concepts that we say on this podcast are real. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. We don't tell y'all no bullshit. Right. And we're going to tell y'all some shit. It's some shit we, we've lived. We got people living it. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. This ain't no theory. There's a lot of motherfuckers in the industry. They give you theory. Mm-hmm. We're telling you things that are like legit. Like you yeah. can see and touch them in the real world. That we've done. We've done, yes. Yeah. I like our I've, friends do. <laughs> I mean, shit. I, I took my, 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 um, my sister-in-law's maternity pictures. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like she hired me to do that. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. these concepts are real. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very these real. These concepts folks. are very real. Yeah, man. And so uh bonus joint. Shout out to a logic for the bonus joint this week. Uh bonus joint. Best job for artist. Because that was number 10 DJ. 
is tour manager. Mm-hmm. This is something that I've considered doing full time mm. because I've done so many tours as an artist. Yes. Yes. I've booked so many tours as a booking agent for guys like you and, and, and everybody else. Like I booked things. So it's like mm-hmm. I booked things as a local promoter. Mm-hmm. I've hired tour managers. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Why the fuck don't I tour manage for other people? And you've managed your own tours. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of the tours that a lot of people might not know, but a lot of tours that you do, you don't necessarily have a tour manager. Like mm-hmm. you, you are the tour manager and artist. Yeah. And merch guy. And merch guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's something that I've considered doing. I have friends who do it. I, I have people who, uh, shout out to my homegirl, April. She went from, she was just a music fan when I met her. She went from being a music fan to getting hired. She, she started working with bands, managing local bands. And then she did so well with the local bands. She got hired to be uh, a talent buyer at a venue. Then being a talent buyer at a venue, she was still working with these bands. And she got hired to go out and start tour managing. And now she tour manages for bands who play stadiums now. Mm. Like they play stadiums. She managed from big ass bands. Like uh, one called like Young the Giant. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. I heard of them, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're big as shit. Like, she and, and bigger bands, like she's doing it. That's what she does full time. When I met April, I was passing out flyers at Scully's. You know, we just hit it off and became friends. And she ended up and just watching her from becoming a fan to everything she does is because she loves music. And, you know, proves this whole thing on here. And I think I actually interviewed her, to, her on an episode of this podcast a while back. Um, I can't remember what episode. I wish I could, but I definitely had her on the show. And so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, tour manager is something that if you're willing to, to, Go out there. It, you, you can be exposed to the business. It's kind of like the merch person where mm-hmm. you're not gone all the time. If you don't want to be gone all the time, you can get time off several months off. Yeah. You know, you got to do whatever else you want to do. Um, and uh, it's something that will always be there because there is no school for tour managing. <laughs> you know. You know, so tour managing from what I've seen is by and large like a word of mouth thing, like your reputation, the level of trust you have. Um, one band tells everybody else or a band doesn't have somebody and they start seeing you working with them like, yeah, man, next time I tour, you know, they ask permission to talk to you. You know, like we've done it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. You know, what I mean, it happened like that. And so, uh, you know, it's something to consider. Definitely. That's that's it for this week, man. That's it. We're gonna run these back. The top ten best jobs for artists. Number one, record store clerk. Number two, show promoter. Number three, merch person. Number four, screen printing shop. Number five, college or community radio. Number six, art teacher. Number seven, booking agent. Number eight, videographer. Number nine, photographer. Number 10, DJ. Bonus joint, tour manager. That's it for this week, folks. Yeah. Hope y'all got something out of this. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace.
more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work, huh? <laughs>